0: Hi, you're tuned into the IoT Insider with Dan Cunliffe, I'm Managing Director of Pangaea. Um, what you're going to hear in our podcast is the lowdown on all tech opportunities and partnerships you'll need in order to get started and succeed in the Internet of Things market. Um, the podcasts are intended to be short enough for you to enjoy on your commute or when you're driving or traveling to meet someone um, in the market and you maybe want to hear something interesting um, ahead of your meeting. Uh, whether you're a partner already of Pangaea uh, or just looking to learn some more about engagement or IoT content, um, please make sure that you subscribe and tune in for our monthly podcast uh, to get all the best information. Um, and I may refer to certain sports uh, from time to time because I'm obviously a avid sports fan. Hello everybody and uh, thank you for joining us for our November podcast. My name is Dan Cunliffe, Managing Director of Pangaea and today we have ourselves a triple threat of Pangaea Directors. Uh, joined by Chris Romico.
1: Hello Dan Cunliffe.
0: Thanks mate. Our lovely Operations Director and Bernie MacPhillips.
2: Hey hey, everyone, how are you doing?
0: Very well, thank you. As our Sales Director. Uh, we're wrapping up the year. It is Getting to that time of the year where eggnog, Christmas trees and presents are starting to join us. Um, We're wrapping up the year with our top IoT predictions for 2020 and how to prepare for them. Um, We're going to take a look at what sectors and solutions are booming, uh, what new connectivity tech is on the horizon and how the markets are going to look next year, um, including some of the best investment opportunities. So definitely something for our partners and anyone who is fresh on the IoT scene who would like to get involved to um, to have it a listen. And just at the start, thank you very much for those tuning in again. And we've got some avid followers, David Dungay being one of them. Thank you so much to everyone for uh, joining in and to listen. So we'll begin with um, our illustrious sales director, Bernie McPhillips, who maybe we want to start tackling some of the solutions and sectors. Bernie, tell me, where would you kind of say some of the solutions or sectors are going at the moment?
2: Yeah, I'm just going to kind of Caveat that question, initially, Dan, if you don't mind, because it's Certainly. something that I've, I've spoken a lot about in, in in recent podcasts and events, etc., that we've presented, is that there, there are genuinely opportunities in, in every single business sector you could possibly think of. Yeah. Um, a lot of our, our partners are tele, traditional telecoms resellers, um, for example, and they'd often say, well, what, in order for me to build an IoT strategy, what sector should I be focusing on? Which type of customers should I be selling to? Um, and the fact is, you don't need to reinvent your business with, wherever you've been successful before, either by sector or geography, uh, based on where your business is. You might, your business might be in a rather rural location and you sell largely to agricultural or logistics and manufacturing companies. You're not gonna just completely reinvent your business to try and you know, to develop an IT strategy. Equally, if you're in, in the middle of a city and you're selling to, in the finance and legal sectors, banking, retail, you're not gonna start focusing on uh, a completely different set of customers. Um, but that said, you know, there, there are absolutely um, some sectors that seem to be um, accelerating and growing even more quickly than some others and some that yeah. you're exceptionally excited about. Yeah, for um, sure. I, think, I think one of the, the, the first ones is kind of transport and logistics, um, largely because it, it is kind of ahead of the game. Adoption rate, according to recent an- analysis, is suggesting that it's up from 27% last year, 2018, to 42% this year. So that's a huge, huge increase. Um, and it's no wonder when you think about it because transport and logistics, um, it's highly competitive. They're always looking for ways to kind of stay ahead, to reduce costs, to stay safe. Yeah. Um, but it's also an industry that kind of touches every other industry because mm. regardless of what 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 kind of market you're in, you need, you, know, you need to get your stuff around the country, around Europe, around the world, wherever if it may be. You typically need transport. You need logistics to get your things around and getting them into retail stores to get them in the hands of customers. So an exceptionally busy one. Today, you're looking at the likes of asset tracking, route optimization, um, driver behavior. Uh, and, and obviously, recently, uh, um, our own opportunity is our, our smart containers solution. Um, so yeah. you know, we announced uh, just a couple of months ago, back in September, um, our triple partnership with Lodge, you know and the One Solution that we're providing connectivity for the world's first smart container fleet. So, exciting yeah. I know you're massively, um, massively involved in that. So, so well done again. Um, that's all about kind of trying to reduce um, the the amount of damaged goods, um, which can then cause to a um, you know, loss of reputation, a loss of a loss of revenue, a loss of margin. And customers face with delays as they're waiting for things to to be replaced and that kind of thing. So a, a huge amount going on over there.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a great hey. um, that's a great analogy there. Especially where we find that um, you know looking for markets that touch many other markets, I think does help people think about where they can uh, probably take their IoT strategy or their IoT ideas. Is you know find markets that you know are able to touch each other at the right points.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think you've got, within transport, then you've obviously got smart cars then as well. Um, and now you're getting more pull from that market as opposed to push. Yeah. Customers want a lot of the um, a lot of the features that are now coming with smarter cars, and not to you know, the full, not necessarily to the full extent of of driverless vehicles, but even now just assisted driving, things that make your journey um, more comfortable, a little bit more straightforward. Um, Some real time um, traffic updates, real time satellite navigation. Um, and that's big, kind of big opportunities as well. Built-in entertainment yeah. so streaming of you know um, of content, music, and infotainment into a vehicle for the for the for the pleasure of passages, etc So again, you know, huge markets. And um, I don't think I've spoken to you enough yet, Dan, about the, the, the car that I got myself recently. But one yeah, of the features a, in
0: that this is a contentious in point in our in our in our lives, isn't it, really. <laughs> contentious I'm sorry. point right now.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I know that I've gone out and bought. Um, I think what you told me a while ago was your favorite car, yeah. but the one of the features that I genuinely love about it, it it's got a sim in it, um, so everything is in real time, I can stream content, I can stream music, the sat is updated with real live traffic information through an app on my smartphone, um, I can see where my car is, um, I can see if, if, I, if I haven't locked it, if I haven't um, set the alarm, if I haven't closed my windows, I can do all of those things remotely. So I can lock the car, I can set the alarm, I can close the windows. One of the really cool things, especially now you know you mentioned the the festive wintry season that we're now approaching, <laughs> um, I can heat the car from wherever I am. Nice. So if I'm shopping, if I'm in the house of the car's on the drive, um, if it's frozen solid, I can at the touch of a button, I can heat the car to a target temperature. So by the time I get there, it's set to twenty you know, twenty two degrees. All the windows are defrosted, the heated seats are on, um, and it's ready to just literally get in and drive away. So more and more people are going to want these convenient features. No one wants to be stood on the driveway, you know, scraping the cars. Um, mm-hmm. Kids are going to be late for school, going to be late for that first meeting, after when the weather catches us out. So the technology now is it's just improving our everyday lives.
0: Do you think we can take it the other way around and chill a certain part of the car so we can keep our beers cold before we get in? <laughs> Obviously not um, to drive, but just um, to enjoy uh,
2: uh, yeah yeah also soft drinks or soft drinks of course yeah um and you know maybe a, a glass of squash after chris has finished playing tennis or something like exactly. that actually sure he, he would be, be against that
0: well talking um, about talking about chris actually our illustrious um oppressed next to me um i probably want to talk a little bit about uh some of the new trends in 2020 particularly some of the connectivity tech some of the some of the fascinating things. I think it's safe to say that we will be at Mobile World Congress uh in end of February again, taking in the sights and sounds of Barcelona and particularly learning uh some really interesting things we bring back to our partner channel. I think it'll be our probably even our fifth year going this yep. year. Um maybe take us through a couple of ideas, mate. What do you what are you seeing on the horizon? Yep,
1: we'll we'll be at
0: Mobile World Congress
1: uh like clockwork, um, fourth or fifth time I think now. Um, yeah, the levels are
0: still alive, which is good.
1: Every year with uh, without fail. Um, yeah, so I think some of the things that's going to be quite interesting coming into 2020, uh, one of them, one of the big ones, uh, let's put, put aside 5G for a second, but one of, one of the big ones coming up is going to be uh, what everyone's calling Wi-Fi 6. Yeah. So a uh, technical version called 802.11ax um, mm-hmm. from whatever the previous one was. I think it was... Well, AC or AMs. yeah, I think it was AC something like that. Yeah, but um, that's coming out sort of around now. So you know, hardware manufacturers are starting to to put the chipsets in, put the technology in now. Uh, sometimes it, you know it's even kind of dormant until you know people just start using it, and and then you know, wow, you've already got uh, an 802.11ax type connectivity available to you. Um, so one of the interesting things about Wi-Fi 6 is that uh, you know, with every iteration of technology, um, you know, you're always going to get stuff like faster speed, of course, you know, that that's a, like a guaranteed type of thing. But uh, in this case, we're also getting some good stuff. So um, the protocol and the technology has been designed to give a much better battery life for a lot of applications. So, um, you know, with everyone going mobile now, um, you know, battery life is a consideration for everything. Everything's wireless. Nothing's like plugged in anymore. So having a longer battery life is great for products and for IoT devices in mm. general um, things can last longer standing on their own um, uh, and you know and all those those type of things uh, you know which which aren't plugged in uh, for IoT and M2M devices uh, the other thing we're getting that we're getting with uh, Wi-Fi 6 is going to be a much better speed and performance particularly in congested areas so if you're in like you know a, a building or a function or a, you know a stadium or something mm. like that, the protocol is designed to give you, um, according to Cisco anyway, up to four times better speed. Right. Um, so that's going to be you know, it's going to be great for users and going to be great for smart IoT devices as well. Yeah, uh, and I could probably bet as well. You know, while they're saying you're going to get better speed, that probably also means more reliable connectivity. Wow. You know, because we've all been in places where there's Wi-Fi network, you're connected and you know, nothing happens, or it takes yeah. ten minutes, and you know something slowly starts showing up on on the web browser. Um, so that's going to be really good. going into um, 5G as well. So everyone knows all about 5G now. But 5G uh, in when we talk about it in respect to Wi-Fi 6, uh, they're going to be really good um, buddies. They're going to be really good partners together. Yeah, because uh, they actually use um, some common um underlying technologies and they've both been designed um, from the from the ground up before they were designed with you know very similar use cases and very similar requirements um you know which was all about obviously all around high speed for everyone but also um use cases once again about the battery life so you know 5g's um you know got a lot of advancements in that area as well uh and also things like you know like handing off um of data and services so as an example of that, um, if you're moving on a train, you know, with you're happily moving along at two hundred miles an hour, um, with your with your on your five G network, and then you stop, and you get into the terminal or something like that, you'll immediately like seamlessly trans, um, you know, just you know, move over um, to the Wi-Fi six network, um, and from a you know from a user perspective, you're just going to sort of see the same speeds, everything's going to be consistent um like right now for example you know you, there might be a dropout period you might have to wait you might have to find the wi-fi you know the device is thinking what do i do you know flounders around for a bit and then it starts connecting so so you, um,
0: are, you are you thinking that like is there then a, a difference between how we would approach when we're indoors or outdoors when, when wi-fi because you see wi-fi as a well in most cases as an indoor technology yep. right where unless you're maybe in a stadium but then again it's a bleed of both what yeah how does that kind of work
1: Yeah, I think um, I think Wi-Fi six is definitely going to be something that's really great for indoors. So it's still gonna you're still going to preserve that kind of you know that perception of what Wi-Fi means to us. Um, But I I do think in the future, maybe not in 2020, but even beyond that, um, you know, just like the um, the Amazon Sidewalk um, Mm -hmm. protocol that we talked about in in a blog post, uh, and other things like you know things which have been around a bit, like um, Bluetooth um, Low Energy. Um, you know, some of these sort of, you know, personal area or sort of, you know, local area network, wireless yeah, network yeah. stuff is starting to expand um, and touch on the heels of, um, of mobile networks, like of LTE networks and 5G networks, um, um, like Sidewalk, which I mentioned um, in the blog post as well. They talked about uh, people using Sidewalk to, to make sort of a city level network just from um, devices relaying traffic and sort of meshing together with each other. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's so anyway, So that's Wi-Fi, and, Wi-Fi 6 and 5G.
0: What else you got? What else are you thinking?
1: Well, the other thing um, which I'm seeing a lot of buzz about, uh, you know, from reading websites, from hearing industry talk and from seeing news feeds is um, the continuous or well, the continuing um, proliferation. I don't even know if I pronounce that right, but the, <laughs> con- the continuing prorif- <laughs> proliferation. Exactly. We'll we'll uh, gloss over that, but of edge devices. Yeah. So edge devices um, and edge computing rather is something that's still been around. I first uh, got light of it uh, at the last Mobile World Congress, and there was a fair bit of blurb about sort of you know moving moving computing power um, out from the cloud and back out to the edge. Sometimes they call it cloudlets. So yeah. they're just coming up with new terms for a lot cloudlets. of things. It's cloudlets, like like droplets. Yeah. Um, you know, the traditional um, thought was, let, let's say five years ago that, you know, you'd have sort of a lot of power and a lot of computing power in the middle of the cloud, mm-hmm. i.e. in big data centers and stuff like that. But what what sort of, um, you know, the market or maybe like, well, the manufacturers and the researchers have started to realize is that like, you know, IoT, we all know is going to have billions of devices, but, you know, it, there's no real reason to sort of just send all that IoT data um, up to the cloud, um, you know, in in a raw format, as in you have to have the cloud process it. So when they mean an edge device and edge computing, they mean um, basically having more, making the device more smart at the edge. So for example, like, you know, a sensor from a sensor like monitoring a temperature, was the temperature the same as the temperature yesterday? If it is like, don't bother sending this, don't bother sending the temperature because it's just going to be the same. Um, If it isn't, then send the update. Um, But you know, that's a really simple, uh, example: It just saves on computing power and saves on data transfer, but it could be mapped to more complex things like facial recognition or something like that. Why have the cloud computer yeah. do it when the little edge device can do it anyway, especially with things like um, you know Raspberry Pis, like the Raspberry Pi version 4. Um, they're becoming as powerful as normal desktop computers. Um, and I think, yeah, we're going to see a lot of this sort of, you know, I'm going to call them these cloudlets uh, <laughs> from now on. <laughs> I wonder if um, you've heard it yeah. your first.
0: Maybe you yeah. have heard it your first. Maybe you have. Chris defines proliferation of cloudlets. <laughs> there
1: you go. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you reckon Wi Fi 6, obviously 5G. I can see those two working pretty close together. We've obviously done a lot of work on 5G this year with Dr. Arslan and yep. the focus in healthcare, the ambulance project, and obviously the world first with Kingston University. And then obviously edge devices. It kind of feels like we're going like a lot of these things, the trend just kind of changes from one side to the other side. As you said before, edge devices were sort of put on the back burner for, you know, higher, um, I suppose, CPU power at the core. And now we're flipping it around because, probably because we're trying to measure more things on the edge.
1: It's probably one of the reasons, I think,
0: yeah. Fair enough. Um, All right, well, we've gone through that. Thanks, mate. Uh, Some of the other things that go on at Mobile World Congress, and this isn't really a podcast about Mobile World Congress, but it is about next year in 2020. What you can be seeing is a little bit about sort of you know what what sort of markets or trends are we going to be focusing on, and uh, if you are already a Pangea partner uh, or you're just looking to get into the market, like what about the investment opportunities? Like where should you be <coughs> focusing your time and the resource of your business uh, to go forward? Uh, look, I mean, I think some of the main bits that I've seen over the last four or five years is that IoT and similar to Bernie's caveat does affect a lot of industries, but some of the trending ones that are coming up, um, you know, things like IoT and warehousing, I think there's going to be a sort of a mass focus on what are we doing to optimize this incredible demand for on-demand services across our entire life. So Amazon, for example, been around a while, but every time we're looking to shop online, we're looking at things to be delivered to us, our on-demand requirements are only increasing. Um, And IoT has to support that potentially through how we warehouse and how we look after the goods before they get to come out towards us. And I think that's quite an interesting um, topic that might start to crop its head in the near future. Um, There's also a lot of improvements that IoT can really bring with the way that we commute to work, commute to school, uh, kind of commute anywhere. You know, I don't think anyone uh, has ever not used the Google Maps. Maybe there are one or two who've never used it. But for example, I was in lucky enough to be at the Rugby World Cup, just as I mentioned that South Africa are the world champions now. Uh, but I was at the Rugby World Cup recently, and um, as a foreigner in a country like Japan, um, if there was no uh, kind of sensor information going around from the from the bus telemetry, uh, for the weather situation, and kind of where I needed to be, I would not have made it to the Games on time. And I think IoT, that's just a very small piece that IoT helps the commuters. I think it's going to get even more important um, where we have more accurate time, Um, and more information allowing us to you know just optimize the way we commute so that could be quite an interesting one coming up um, in the future maybe one more i'll mention as well Um, i think smart city applications are going to take a massive leap forward chris mentioned edge device improvement wi-fi 6 5g all of those actually do support a very strong smart city um, improvement i think you need a vast vast majority um, of devices to be connected in order for a smart city to truly be smart and to work in cohesion. You know, right now we've got a bit of telemetry bits, we've got you know smart bins, or we've got the busing connecting to uh, the way commuters work around, as I mentioned before. But for a true smart city environment, everything has to work together, and that means everything from the drain covers to working with the way the weather is going to come into talking to the police services or the emergency services to help people out. And I think. 5G helps that. Yep. You know, we start to get, um, like Dr. Osland mentioned in previous um, uh, sort of podcast we did, which is all about massive mobile technology connecting many, many more devices. Wi-Fi 6 might enable that as well uh, in, in terms of what we spoke about earlier. So those are the kind of the three trends I think. I think IoT warehousing to help support on-demand requirement from just the human race. <laughs> um, definitely improvement in smart city. Uh, and the kind of leap forward we're looking to get there, and obviously, I think IoT is going to help just the way we commute uh, going forward. Um, just to add to that a little bit about where can we, you know, put ourselves in terms of investment, or where else we'd like to maybe go. Um, I think there's going to be a consolidation, or there already is a consolidation, but even even more in terms of network benefits. You know, right now in the UK, we obviously got our four key networks all talking about whose 5G is better and when it was released different times, and who's got who's gonna have the better outcome. But one of the things that we've gotten onto earlier is obviously, you know, why why offer one network when you can offer multiple networks? So I think the consolidation of um, services, particularly on things like we offer multi-network is going to continue to grow. And that's not necessarily just a pitch, I think that's just facts. I think that's just a way to think about why do I need to rely on various networks when I can have one connection allowing me to do all of those um, networks available to us. Um, So that's kind of the trends I think to be going after. I definitely uh, suggest that the resource and the focus is into how you enable your partners to understand more and more about how the Internet of Things is going to drive um, additional revenue from your customers, um, potentially even unlock new opportunities in the sectors we mentioned today. Um, I've kind of sort of of gone through all that, but I don't know, Chris or Bernie, anything you guys want to add about maybe some markets or investment Um, opportunities?
1: I think, well, the only thing I'd add, Quickly, that uh, I think we it's going to be very exciting in the next few months when um, 5G, um, you know, not 5G phones, but 5G devices, uh, devices and yeah. routers start coming along. Um, you know, I think I think most all of the networks now have said there's 5G rolled out in the UK. I mean, in you know, in, probably in one high street in eight of the main cities, uh, but that's going to expand really quickly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's going to be very very interesting starting to get. To start to get those 5g routers out to um, out to the partners out to the market.
0: Yeah, absolutely um, Before we sign off anything else uh, from you Bernie anything else you want to add on?
2: I think you're just interested in talking about investment etc and, and where those bets might best be placed you know you, I think we've talked a lot, a lot again in the past about the various types of um, plays in IOT so those that would play rather vertically and specialize in an end-to-end solution so it could be in telemetry or retail or security etc um i think there's a lot of investment to be had uh, going forward in kind of the horizontal players as well so you've already mentioned devices um and how exciting that's going to be in the future but then there's also going to be big investment opportunities in those that then choose to specialize in platform um whether that's analysis or, or, or operational etc um software um and all of the other kind of all of the other pieces of the IoT jigsaw, I suppose, because they're the people who are kind of specialize in um, a, a straight up solution or something. I say slightly more horizontal, to so connectivity, software, platform, analytics, yeah. uh, devices, and all the things that go with that. So um, yeah, we'd, the reason why we've, we love this market so much and why it's so exciting is because it is so vast, yeah. um, and at times difficult to predict. Um, but I, I don't think what's not for debate at all is, is how huge it's going to be. Um, and how much how exciting it's going to be and um, hopefully how much fun we're going to have along the way as well, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, look, guys, appreciate both your times. Um, to listeners, thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, if you would like to head over to our blog for our IoT Tech Guides and Sector Insights, I'd really suggest you do that. There are some more um, information there that you can maybe, you know, use in your own uh, team conversations or kind of with your customers. Or if you want, you know, give us a call. Information's all on the website, pangea-group.net. Um, or maybe, you know, follow us on LinkedIn. Or even better, you know, sign up to our to our newsletter, one of your account managers, or um, do it through the website. Lots of really cool insights and information we do there. So thanks so much. And um, we all look forward to the 2020 insights. This is kind of Managing Director. Thank you.
2: Thank you.